Hi guys. Welcome back to the Steadfast hey, Never Movable. Oh, that was my radio in my car. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Immovable podcast. So excited to be here with you guys today. And um, I have a really exciting topic that I'm so excited to talk about. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's modesty. Um, and modesty and probably a couple of other things sprinkled in there. Um, we'll see how it goes. Either way, let's start with our small talk. Um, you know, this week has been, to be honest, this week has sucked. I won't even, I won't like glaze over it. This has been a pretty sucky week. And for me, I find it really difficult when the weather gets really wintry. Um, I tend to fall into being seasonally depressed. It's not something that I like. I hate feeling like I don't have control over my emotions and everything in my life. But the reality is, I don't. And so, the small talk of the week is, I'm learning what it means to have faith in the Lord in every single thing. It's really hard. Pray for me. Um, for motivation. Literally, it took me like 45 minutes to convince myself that I should go out to get this coffee and not just go back to bed. Oh, this is so transparent for a podcast for everyone's hearing this. But you know what? I think it's good. Because something I've been thinking about... Oh, we're going to distract you. No, it's okay. Something I've been thinking about and really struggling with lately is just, like, transparency. And I'm not someone... I don't enjoy it. I hate feeling weak. I hate it. And I'm really learning. The Lord has done so much work in my heart in recognizing, like, I am an emotional person. But I've never let my emotions control me. But in that desire to control every single feeling that I've ever had, I haven't been willing to give those over to the Lord. So that's like a whole learning curve for me to be like, okay, your emotions aren't meant to control you, but you also can't live in fear of them. Because really that's what that desire to be in control of everything is. It's just me living in fear. And so, yeah, I'm learning that it's okay to be transparent and invite people into those spaces as you, like, walk through what that looks like. Yeah, modesty. Um, this is a conversation that I wanted to have this summer and then was encouraged not to by my parents because I can be passionate. Um, people have told me that before. I get so excited and I, it's like that fire starts to burn in my soul and I'm like, we need to have this conversation right now and we need to like get on that. And I love that feeling like where I've been told by other people that to them, this feels like conflict whenever you're going head to head with someone and you're a little bit afraid but you're just like confident and you're like I know like we're gonna talk about the truth and it's not like an unwillingness to bend it's just an excitement like we're here we're in this moment we're talking about the word of God and there is joy here I have heard from other people that conflict 
or um, debate does not inspire that same feeling in them, or if it does, it's not necessarily something they um, call pleasant. That is not how I feel. For me, modesty, it makes me angry the way people talk about it. I'm not even... I, I think that it's probably in some ways a righteous anger and in some ways it's not because everything I have is tainted by sin. But <laughs> I, I have found in the past that the conversation around modesty tends to have more to do with maintaining purity of men than it does with having to give glory to God, wanting to. Um, and that irks me. That drives me nuts, okay? Because here's the reality. I am 110% pro being modest. I am like, I think modest isn't hottest, but it's better because it's holy. That's the first thing I'll say. But I think that modest is better because that's what we've been called to in the word of God. And I think that it's better because, like I said, it's holy. Um, and so I think that there's been some confusion along the way, though, because the majority of the time that I'm hearing conversation in the church about modesty, the ultimate goal that we're presenting is we don't want to cause men to stumble, so we're dressing so that they can guard their eyes. The other one I'm hearing, and I'll tell you what, this one, this one makes me so angry. This argument makes me, like, beyond, beyond, beyond. And I'm not a yeller. I'm a calm, logical, I will prove to you I'm right, or... I will submit and learn that maybe I shouldn't get so passionate. This argument, the argument that your body is your husband's and you want to present it to him as a gift, so therefore you should dress modestly so that your body won't be sullied by the gaze of other men. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you right now, this argument makes me want to throw things. For one, for one, oh no, we're not addressing the arguments right now. We are just laying them out. The, the primary two ways that I'm hearing the church address modesty is you're dressing so that you don't cause a man to stumble, or two, you're dressing modestly so that you, your body remains a pure, unsullied gift for your husband. Um, and I think that, well, for some of those arguments, I can see where where we're coming from. I can see like the like there is an aspect in which we dress modestly so that we aren't being a stumbling block to men. I can agree with that. Okay? However, when that argument is presented, there are a couple things that I want to make super clear. One. One firstly, and probably very importantly to me. You as a woman are not responsible for carrying the weight of a man's sexual purity. 
that is not your responsibility. You are not responsible if a man looks at you in lust and falls into sin. As you're at, because you are their sister in Christ, you are doing everything in your power to dress in a way that is honoring before the Lord, that brings glory to the Lord, that is wise and respectful. And yet, the reality is, we live in a culture where everything is sexualized. Every single thing is sexualized. And so, there has to be a recognition that while we dress in a way that is honoring, respectful, glorifying to God, and modest, a lot of the time, those things don't even play a part in whether or not a man is falling into sexual sin. So the first thing we have to recognize is that it is not your responsibility to maintain a man's sexual purity. That is his responsibility before the Lord. Okay? The second thing I would like to address about the um, argument that you are dressing so that a man doesn't fall into sin is that that's not even true. Like, the Bible doesn't say... The Bible doesn't call us not to sin so that we are being righteous before man. We're called to dress modestly because it is honoring to the Lord. I think that that's something that I... Oh, whenever... Mm, how should I phrase this so that it's wise? Okay, I think I have it. Um, the modesty conversation is one that's been held for a really long time. And in the current movement, whenever our primary push is we are dressing so that we don't cause men to stumble, we're living in a culture where women are feeling uh, so oppressed in their bodies. Okay? I'm not making a statement about fem feminism I'm not making a statement about anything like that what I'm saying is the movement in social media right now is like take charge of your body you need to be in control of everything it's your body your choice okay obviously there are a lot of different conversations happening about that in the Christian community but what I'm saying is Whenever the church is pushing modesty from the perspective of you're doing it because men can't control themselves, what you're saying is that we genuinely don't believe that men have the autonomy, that men have the ability to control themselves, which is so unfortunate because already, already what we see is this feminist movement takes, takes charge Rather than causing equality between the genders and encouraging that, what we can see clearly happening is women are on top and men are being discouraged, looked down on, hated. And the more that we're pushing this message that, well, men can't control themselves, you need to dress modestly, the more we're saying men actually aren't even in control of their own bodies. And I think that that's really damaging in the long run as we think about how that's going to affect um complementarian marriages as we think about that way that that presents men to our daughters and the next generation because if the church is not a place where we see the body being united and the genders being glorified as equals before the lord the more that we're inviting this practice into our church that says either women 
are on top of or better than men or women don't have a place here and they need to live their lives in fear of men being unable to control themselves. Both cases are unfortunate. Both are not glorifying to the Lord. Both are wrong. Okay? In the end, I'm going to do a little summary of what I think glorifying modesty, great modesty, um, respectful modesty looks like. Um, but right now I kind of just want to, um, unpack some of the arguments that I see going on and why I think that they are wrong. The second argument, the one that absolutely makes me want to lose my mind and scream, um, (laughs) your body is a gift to your husband, so you are dressing modestly so to, like, keep it as a, a wrapped, close, tied up present for your husband on your wedding night and so that it won't be sullied by the gaze of every other man (sighs) oh my goodness this argument okay one first thing we're going to address about this argument by making this statement you need to dress modestly for your husband You are making a statement to every woman you're telling this to that they're going to get married, okay? That might not be your intention, but what happens if this woman remains modest for her till she's 25 and, oh no, the clock's ticking on 30 and there's no husband in the sight. I've been dressing modestly for all these years and clearly it's not working to draw on a husband. Here's the facts. Here's the straight up facts. Nowhere in scripture, not a single place, not a single place in scripture does the Lord promise you're going to have a husband. It's not like, if you dress modest, the Lord's going to bring a man around. That is not a promise made in scripture. So whenever we use language that is encouraging that mentality, that is encouraging this idea that you're, the way you act, the way you dress is going to protect yourself for the inevitable future of having a husband, you're calling women to live righteously not because they want to honor and glorify the Lord but for the glory of man for the glory of man it's not about God whenever you make it about marriage okay oh I don't understand I don't understand here's a little side rant for you okay this is we're going on a rapid trail but I've been wanting I don't think I should do a full podcast on this because let me tell you I will get too angry too angry I am so phenomenally sick and tired of what of watching instagram reels of going to women's bible studies of having conversations with women who have been told who are teaching who are telling other young women that don't worry don't worry if you just pursue the lord he's uh, he's the lord's gonna send you a man or the right man is going to come along whenever you're pursuing hard enough that you that you finally have gone to this point where the lord sends you a man or the reason you don't have a boyfriend is probably because there's some sin in your life that you haven't recognized and you just need to lay that before the lord or there there is this idea there is this idea amongst women in the church that the, the them getting a boyfriend is dependent on the level of spiritual maturity and that God is withholding a romantic relationship from them because they have not reached this point of spiritual maturity and once they do 
nobody tells you what this point of spiritual maturity is, but once you reach it, congratulations, you'll be able to enter into a romantic relationship. The Lord will send that husband along for you. What? What? Show me, show me the verse, chapter and verse, chapter and verse, chapter and verse. Show it to me. Oh my goodness. I have seen women leave. This gets me so angry. So angry. I have had friends who I genuinely, with all of my heart, believe they have left the church because as a woman, and I can say this, I'm a woman, for a lot of us, marriage, having children, raising a family is something that we look forward to for our whole entire lives and praise be to God. I don't think that's an idol. I think that's how we were wired. I think that we were designed with that desire implanted in us. Okay? But whenever we grow up in an environment where that is so constantly preached and taught and made into an idol, and then it's told to us that if you just get to this place spiritually, then God's going to give you a husband. What we are left with is not a relationship that is pursuing the Lord out of love. It's a relationship built on, I want this thing and this seems like the way that I have to do it. It's it's so damaging to women. And I don't think that we talk about it enough. I don't think that it's recognized that we are making promises on behalf of God that God has not made. Ugh. Like, pray, pray for the women in your churches to become just monsters in theology. Like, not monsters, that's probably better. I want to see churches filled pew after pew after pew of women, whether they're married or single or dating, just aggressively pursuing the Lord in humility and righteousness. Women who know their Bibles cover to cover, not because they think that they're just pursuing this elusive spiritual level while they'll be able to get a husband, but because they want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but because they want to pursue him with all their heart because they know who the king of their life is who because they know that there is something higher and more glorious that they have been called to that is what i want to see okay sorry this guy just pulled out in front of me that's okay though um that i don't know maybe i went a little bit too overboard um but that just, that irks me. Back on track, back to modesty. <laughs> um, I, I take a lot of issue, as you probably can tell, with this idea that we're telling women that your body, you're dressing modestly so that your body maintains its giftedness for your husband and isn't sullied by the gaze of another man. I have been wrestling with that idea of purity for a really long time. Because I think that the way we talk about sexual purity in the, in the church coming out of coming out of purity culture, I think we have a lot to learn about what it means and how is the right and God-honoring way to talk about sexual purity. And I say that because I've seen the effects of talking about purity in a way that is unfruitful and unkind and 
unloving towards other men and women who have struggled with sexual purity in the past. And I think that this idea of you're dressing modestly because you're, you don't want your, bo- your body's a gift to your husband and you don't want other men to look at it is just promoting something that isn't true. Because, Well, not isn't true, but isn't going to cause love between men and women, okay? Because the picture that I see when I'm given that, again, isn't one of, let me point you back to the Lord, let me point you back to how this is honoring and glorifying to Him. It points me to this picture of, I'm, I'm so, it just makes me think about how, give me one second to organize this thought. I think it just makes me uncomfortable to think about the fact that we aren't making this same call to men necessarily. I've never, and maybe I'm not in enough circles with men, but there is this sense in which women are called to protect their bodies from men um, and lust in a way that men aren't called to as though men struggling with pornography or masturbation isn't them living in adultery the same way as if a woman woman were to like I just don't know if we're having those conversations in the same way and I think it's hard because there's so much guilt and shame found on these women for like dressing immodestly and for not maintaining their sexual purity when the reality is they're not necessarily like the conversation we're having isn't have about having sex it isn't about like doing things out of lustful intent it's about modesty and yet the conversation has become about sexual purity in modesty and like i i i just wrestle with that because it feels like we're putting so much weight on women to maintain this standard but we're not putting that weight on men sometimes and I'm not I I think like I've seen men call other men up I've seen men call other men to righteousness I'm just saying that we are putting all of this weight on women and we have to make sure that we are equally placing that call on men because because it's we're equal and there's there's two people involved in sexual immorality, not just one. Okay, I think that I have really gone on about modesty. I've gone on about my opinions on a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know if this can go out. This one's pretty passionate. I want to talk about what I think the call to modesty should look like. Um... I think that the first thing I want to say is that I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that if our crusade for modesty doesn't ultimately point back to people to point people back to the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't ultimately teach us about what it means to live a life in reverence and respect and honor and glory to him, we have grossly 
we have we have just made a big mistake. I just think that we've made a big mistake. Because the first the first so many so many and I think it's gotten better. I I do think it's gotten better. But if so many women their first like introduction as young girls into what women's bible studies are all about, what conversations for women are all about in the church have to do primarily with modesty and not causing men to fall into lust we are losing what's important because I would so prefer I would so 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 prefer to have women who are learning about Jesus and about what he did and why he came and learning their bibles and don't know what it means to dress modestly yet oh instead of having women who are dressing modestly but think that that's all the church cares about for women and you a lot of people i know people don't see it this way i know they're like no you're gonna get confused i've had conversations i've gone out i've been amongst these women who think that who have come to the church and who have experienced it and have left because they felt like the only thing that the church had to offer for them was marriage and modesty. And that should hurt your heart. That should hurt your heart. That should make you say, oh my goodness, what have we done wrong? Where did we get lost? What went off track? And I I'm not saying I'm not saying that we need to throw modesty out the window. We need to throw those conversations, but think carefully firstly about who's having them. This is a personal conviction of mine. I know some of you out there don't agree with me, but is this wise or should I close my mouth? It's not wise because it was a specific call out. <laughs> the Lord is good. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think that there is wisdom in having those conversations. And there's wisdom in praying about who should be having them. And there's wisdom with t- having dress codes and calling women up to modesty. And there's also wisdom in thinking about who's implementing them. And thinking about who's coming alongside those women and teaching them about modesty. And I like, I'm not saying, I'm also not saying, because I've had this conversation with my dad quite a bit also. I'm also like, I don't want you guys to mishear me. I understand that there is a sense and there is a part of modesty where we are protecting, not protecting, where we are honoring the men in our life by how we dress totally 110% so true definitely agree I'm not arguing with that at all but I'm saying that that is not the primary reason that we dress modestly I I, oh like the 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 reason like I draw your mind to that is because like even as we think about the story of David and Bathsheba and we think about like okay David has lied He has killed Bathsheba's husband. He has um, had committed adultery. And yet, what does he say? Lord God, I have sinned before you and you alone. 
okay? Right? That doesn't mean he didn't sin. That doesn't mean his sin didn't affect other people. But ultimately what David recognized is that he, he was responsible before God for his actions. And, the, like, that's who he needed. That's why he lives righteously. It wasn't, he doesn't live righteously to bring honor and glory to his kingdom, to bring honor and glory to Nathan, to bring honor and glory to himself. But he lives righteously as unto the Lord. And that's what we need to be calling women to in modesty. That's, that's got to be the call. Um... Yeah, I don't know if I have much to say other than that. That was exciting. That was a good one for me, guys. I love that conversation because I love, like I said, I love that feeling of just like the fire in my soul where I'm like, everything is happening and everyone is feeling this right now, you know? Um, For those of you who are like, uh, I don't agree with you. Text me. Let's have a phone call. Here's one thing about me. I'm not going to put my phone number out here because I almost did. That was probably wouldn't be a good choice though. I would love if you have questions or if you disagree with me on something or you want to have further conversation about a topic, text me. Text me. I would love that. That would be so fun for me. I would, I would enjoy that so much. If you want to get coffee, Let's do it. Let's sit down and get coffee and have a conversation about the word of God. My, okay, I tried to record another podcast and my small talk was about, um, just like how wonderful it is to just fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ and just sit down and have conversations that are honoring and glorifying to the Lord. I got to sit down and just talk on the phone with one of my friends, Kate Fong, shout out Kate Fong, um, on the phone for a couple of hours the other day or an hour and a half or an hour I don't know and it was just something that I I realized as I look back like that was exactly what I needed and it was such a bomb to my balm b-a-l-m to my soul and I was just thanking God for that opportunity and so if any of you are like Gracie I want to I just want to ask you some questions about that please do I would love the opportunity to have that conversation with you or any conversation with you. Um, yeah. I basically only promote this through my Instagram page, so you can just message me there. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Steadfast and Immovable Podcast with Gracie Frill. Have a great day, guys.